Episode 14, The Circular. Written and directed by Sean Hybor. Performed by Sonia Ladenmacher. The story I'm going to tell you is not my own. I mean, it's not a story, it's real. I want to make that clear up front. I'm not trying to pull the wool over yours or anyone else's eyes. I certainly do not want to be known or recognized for this. Nor does he. But I feel like this is worth recounting. It's just... My husband is a very private man. He used to take walks alone. Every morning and every night, he'd kiss me on the forehead and stop for a moment to look into my eyes. He'd rest there and not say a word, just connect and then turn to head out. He always shut the door gently, like he was trying not to disturb the framework of the house. I'd use this time to paint, usually. Sometimes I would read or cook. This time was our own, and we rarely spoke about it to one another. We had a silent understanding that our lives were deeply and uniquely our own. We just wanted to share them with each other. We didn't want to have children together, although we discussed what it would be like of. Little voices filling the halls, chaos and beauty. In every dream home, a heartache. But we liked the quiet. We were just very happy in our world, and we wanted to continue with it as long as time would allow. We had a small and easily managed garden in the back of our apartment. It was little more than a patch of grass. A few raised platforms made out of plywood and window boxes that caught the sunlight perfectly through the overhanging tree branches. I did most of our cooking from what I grew in my own home. Some root vegetables didn't thrive particularly well, so I picked those up at the farmer's market on Sunday. We also grabbed some cheese and jam and bread essentials. My husband and I would walk the aisles of the market and plan our meals for the week. We tried to live intentionally small, but our town's resources were not plentiful to begin with. Most of our local economy was struggling and had been for a few years. Parallax had a facility right at the edge of the slope up until about 20 years ago. When that went dark, most of the jobs dried up. People just stopped visiting. We had heard some reports of different types of lights in the sky at night. 
I think everyone who lived here for any amount of time probably would have. One of the grocers at the market had an at-home printed leaflet he called The Circular. It sold next to the peach marmalade for five cents and my husband picked it up every week. Most of the stories were written as little folk tales. Nonsense. They'd take little pieces of truth and inject it with wild fantasy. Like angels in a moss. I didn't think my husband was buying into them at all. But he did like to talk about them at night while we at dinner. He'd chuckle to himself and tell me he was thinking of submitting some stories of his own. I don't remember everything he said, but I do remember some. I remember enough. There was a Sunday morning. It had been raining for hours, consecutively and unrelentingly. I was picking sweet peppers to include in a soup I was making for dinner. The smell of bell peppers was the most pleasing to me, more than anything else in the garden. The red pepper was my absolute favorite, the addition of the compound hexanol adding a sweet aroma through ripening. This moment in time is burned into my memory. Mostly because of the association of that smell, and also because my husband has never been the same since he returned from his morning walk. I saw him enter the apartment, soaked through his clothing. He hadn't returned home with his umbrella. I asked him if he wanted to tell me about his walk, something I had rarely done before. He smiled very gently at me, constrained by the weight of his own thought, and simply said, I saw the lights this afternoon, dear. They were lovely. I went to the farmer's market alone that afternoon, after the rain stopped. I picked up jam and cheese and bread as I always would. I even picked up a copy of the circular for him. When I came home I had hoped that he would have returned back into his normal state, that he would meet me at the door and tell me he had just needed to warm up and get some rest. But that hope was empty. My husband stayed in bed, eyes wide and staring out the window into the rain. After that day, he started talking in his sleep. It was nothing more than a random string of partial words and some mumbling. It was endearing when it first began and a bit of an annoyance when it turned into a few weeks. Eventually it became another non-variable function of our life. Honestly, I had almost forgotten about it. There were bigger issues, I thought. 
started taking showers fully clothed. He would return home from a walk, head straight into the bathroom and turn on the shower. Sit with his arms wrapped around his legs and let the water cascade down his head and shoulders. His coat and jeans funneling water into the drain. And then... I'm sorry. I, I don't mean to get emotional. It's difficult for me to deconstruct the man that I knew him to be all these years, now under these circumstances. He was a pretty straightforward person. I never knew him to embellish. He was very reserved and unassuming. He just wanted to go about his routine. It sounds like an insult. But I would always say that he was the least interesting man I had ever known on paper. But he was my soulmate. We cared deeply about the same things, the same causes. It was the starting of the mower that woke me initially. The pulling of the cart is such a familiar sound, but most unwelcome in the middle of the night. I couldn't place where it came from, sounding both inside and outside our bedroom. I leaned over to wake my husband and he was gone. His side of the bed was wet through to the mattress. Hearing the small engine turn over a second time, I recognized it as ours, and I ran through the house to the back kitchen window. My husband was walking around our small vegetable garden, turning in endless circles, mowing over our small plot of food. I was devastated. I asked him why he would do this, and he told me, the devil should mow it, rather than he. I started listening closer to him when he would talk at night. I'd feign a deep sleep and focus through closed eyelids. I tried to hold on to the words and remember what he'd mumbled. Sometimes I would wake up to hear him furiously writing on paper stop if I moved any part of my body, making sure I hadn't fully woken up. When he'd think I had fallen back asleep, I'd hear him return to scribbling. My husband is not well. That has been clear for quite some time now. But he is a good man. Something has changed in him things he has said in his sleep. He's seen gatherings. He's spoken things into existence. Or rather, he knows they are a part of this timeline. Since that day in the garden with the sweet peppers, he 
He's been a much different man. Not even a man, just a passenger. He submitted a story to the circular, or at last he is going to. I found the writings, the scrawlings tucked away inside his pillowcase. I don't know when. I don't know when. I haven't been to the market in weeks. We've just been shut in, hiding from whatever this is. So I'm honestly not sure if it has been published or not. But I know what it says, what it predicts. If my husband is correct, the lights will be back on July 9th. They've never actually left. They'll just make themselves seen again. I'm only telling you this because you'll want to look into it before the story gets out. You'll want to be in front of this, not reacting to it. I was able to make a copy of my husband's submission. I'd like to read it to you. Because remember, this is not my story, it's his. Being a long-time resident and purveyor of spreading the message, who bargaining with a bit of the flu has found himself shut in, more or less, and is so tasked with bringing into account a disclosure of sorts regarding the purported lights in the sky over our town. I came across the lights on three occasions. The first of these resulting in nothing more than an overwhelming sensory experience of the mind and body, upon which left my conscience invigorated. On the second occasion is when I would describe the experience as being the most vulnerable. I was woken by a strange noise and the feeling of the lights, rather than their physical sight, causing me to feel lightheaded. I recall seeing a floating, somewhat amorphous non-human entity approaching my bedside. Then. Suddenly it was morning without any sort of passage of time. My physical body was disoriented upon rising the next morning, but I also felt internal hostility, a cloud of doubt over each physical action my body made. The most upsetting is that I am unable to communicate with my wife, as if some sort of extrasensory barrier has been placed between us since that night. The second encounter occurred while my wife lay in bed next to me in the vast of night. She didn't stir and was thankfully not exposed to any physical subjugation. She lay motionless and unknowing. I pray for you to heed this warning seriously. A 
As I have previously reported, you have always known me to be a sensible member of this township, and my experience need not be your own. The third occasion has not yet happened, but it will soon. And while its occurrence is foreordained, its condition may not yet be. Be certain of this. The lights will return at night, and you will want to be ready. The Circular was written and directed by Sean Hybor and performed by Sonia Lautenmacher. To learn more about Constance, please visit our website at ConstancePodcast.com or you can visit our Twitter at ConstancePod.